goal setting needs an upgrade, especially for modern home-loving women with big dreams. We're done with goal setting systems that pump you up, then introduce massive tension between your goal and your daily responsibilities, and then leave you feeling like a failure. But we're also not into fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants living where your days are spent reacting to each situation without making real progress on the things that matter most to you. We're here, and we think you are too, because we care about living intentionally. We know that you have dreams that you want to see fulfilled, goals that you want to accomplish, and goodness that you want to bring into the world. Which is why we're spending this special season of our podcast diving all the way into the Rooted Goals system. I'm Clary. And I'm Shelby. This is Make Space to Thrive. Our culture is obsessed with setting wild, untethered goals that introduce crazy amounts of tension between your desire for change and the realities of your day-to-day life. You may have big dreams, but we want to encourage you that you're not behind on anything. You are right here today, right where God wants you to be, to take the best next step to where you're meant to go. This season, we're taking a deep dive into the Rooted Goals system. Rooted is an acronym that stands for Rooted in Your Core Calling, Organically Growing Out of Your Context, Outlined for Clarity, Tailored to Your Lifestyle, Etched into Your Memory, and Developed by Providence. Today, we are talking about the first O in Rooted, which is Organically Growing Out of Your Context. You want to make sure that the next goal that you plan to tackle is naturally and organically growing out of your context. You can flush out viable candidates for your next right step goal by asking one critical question. What are the most impactful and life-giving things that I can do in the areas where I currently have significant influence and responsibility? We like to think of this in terms of concentric circles, where your relationship with God forms the core of this circle, and then that moves out to your family relationships, and then intimate community, and then broader community as the circle gets larger and larger, and then finally to broader opportunities for influence. The thing is, we're all tempted to live way out here way beyond ourselves in these big, what we see as impactful or influential areas, rather than being comfortable with the process of growing strength and healthy impact from the inside out, from the core of that circle out. One of the things that's really important to note from the onset is that you can't create goals that are organically growing out of your context if you're currently fighting your context or feeling discontent with it. So sometimes there really are things within your context, like a job or where you live, that do need to change. However, those tend to get really clear as you draw near to God and follow Him. But more generally, if you're sitting in a place of discontentment with the current responsibilities that God has given you, you've got to deal with that and get into the nitty-gritty of accepting and honoring your real current life context, knowing that the Lord has a purpose for this season, even if you can't see it right now. 
It's a major blocker when we think our goals need to be super lofty or sound important or amazing to someone else instead of just letting ourselves get laser focused on the things that will actually help us right now with where we are today. We don't have to set hairy, scary, audacious goals to move forward in truly meaningful or critical or important ways. Sometimes you literally just have to clean out your teacher's closet like Shelby (laughs) talked about in our last episode. And I think this is super important, especially if you have any background in the corporate world. I know that before I was a stay-at-home mom, I worked as an executive assistant to the president of a nonprofit and did other jobs um, before then. But when you come from a corporate background, you're used to having to present and justify and report on your goals to a boss or to the person over you. And so there's a lot of that feeling of, I have to justify this and show why it's worth my time and the company's resource to accomplish this goal. That is something that you do not need here. (laughs) You don't have to justify your goals to anyone, assuming that you are spirit-led, that you are walking with the Lord. Again, that is the very core of your circle. So when you tend to those things first, then as your goals naturally move out from there, you don't have to justify them. They are the goals that the Lord has given you. They are rooted in your core calling, which is what we talked about all of the last episode. And so it's just really important, especially if you come from a more corporate background, to constantly check that. Am I creating this goal for somebody else? Am I crafting this goal because it's important to someone other than me? Or does this goal even fit in my real context? Or am I trying to pretend that my context isn't actually my real life right now? And these mindset shifts are just very, very important as you continue to move through the rooted goal setting system. And in contrast to that corporate background that Clary was talking about, a lot of the people who listen to this podcast and who are in our community are in a season or in a role where they're doing a lot of self-management. And that can be very overwhelming if you are used to showing up for a job, having a task list, knowing that as long as you execute your tasks in the right time frame, that everything's going to be fine because there's someone who is higher up in the organization looking out for all of the overarching goals that the organization has. But when you're in a season or a role of having to self-manage, everything all of a sudden is very different. You're the one who needs to look out for the overarching goals of your organization, i.e. your life, your homeschool, the business that you're running, or maybe it is a job that you're plugged into, but you have a role where self-management is part of your job requirements. So how do you handle this? What do you, how do you even begin to figure out what your next right step goal should be? What task lists to create that will help you to go from where you are to where you need to go next. And that is relevant to those overarching goals that you have for your life or for your business or for whatever context you're currently in. So in this step, we teach you to pay attention to your pain points. Your pain points are way more important than you may realize. It's really easy just to get frustrated by them, to feel defeatist about them, and to feel like they're really distracting you from more meaningful pursuits. And that's true. They might be distracting you or obstructing your way for more meaningful pursuits, but that doesn't mean that you need to just ignore them and try to avoid dealing with them so that you can get onto other things. Instead, 
We want to encourage you to face those pain points head on and start to deal with them as the next right step towards fulfilling your responsibilities that are relevant to your overarching goals and your core calling. So let's just get really practical here. If you're looking at your home and you have these overarching goals of hospitality, of having a cozy atmosphere for your family, of eating a more nutritious food uh, during the mealtimes, of having smoother homeschool days, and you're looking at your vision here and all these problems are popping up for you, your home isn't very organized, your closets are a mess. Every time you open them, things fall out. Maybe your dishwasher's broken, and so you're spending a lot of time hand-washing dishes that and it's breaking all of your other rhythms, whatever it is, we often guilt ourselves like we're supposed to be able to just rise above these problems and not let them bother us. And maybe something like a broken dishwasher that we should just be able to hand wash them and still get everything else done that we were getting done before the dishwasher broke. But we don't really need to live with that kind of guilt. It's not realistic. What if we instead of just living with these pain points, we actually sat down and thought about them and asked, is there any way that I can change what I'm doing or prioritize solving this problem or anything else that will help me to actually overcome this pain point and make this area better so that I can get back to the things that really matter, the essential things that I'm really wanting to show up for in my life. So that's the whole point of this step, to really identify and deal with the biggest pain point that you have and make tackling that pain point your next right step goal. What if you overcame, like stop and think about something that is within your power to change and it's really siphoning your energy from more important things. Just close your eyes and think about it for a second. What pops into your mind? Imagine overcoming that pain point, finally dealing with that thing, finally cleaning out the garage so you have space for your business, or finally learning that skill in the kitchen so that meals become just a lot easier, or finally getting your books in order in your business so that your cash flow problems are not causing you to panic at the beginning of every month. What if you actually overcame those particular pain points? You did that work. What emotional and mental bandwidth would open up for you to do other more meaningful things. I think it's really important to not skip over this because I actually had <laughs> I had something happen to me earlier this summer that is such a good example of what we're talking about. We moved in April and we had a lot of work done on the house and so it really wasn't until a couple of months later Um, kind of in early June, that we were finally able to really get our home set up. And I just found myself all through the month of June and into July just very short-tempered. You know, was finding it very difficult to deal with even the smallest issues with my children. Um, You know, just we've all had those seasons, and you're just kind of like, what is going on? You know, is it just the chaos of the move catching up with me? And finally, I had to just sit down and really think about it. Okay, what are the actual pain points here? It can't just be the noise level of my children, even though they sometimes get very loud, because I know that in normal seasons, I'm able to roll with their noise, correct it when needed, and let it go when it's you know just part of their normal lives. And so when I really sat down and thought about, okay, what what are my pain points? I realized they were all organizational, that specifically we had a closet in the guest room that did not function at all. And so there were many items in the home that simply could not be put away. 
um, because this closet wasn't not functioning. And then also our laundry room was that way. It was a very narrow laundry room and it didn't have adequate shelving to hold laundry baskets. And so whenever I would go to try to do laundry, I was shifting multiple laundry baskets just to access the machines. And as anyone might imagine, it made me not want to do laundry. And even though it's such a silly thing that you can almost laugh about, when you do not do laundry, it just adds a certain level of consistent chaos because you always feel behind. You always just see laundry sitting in baskets and you just have that like, why can I not stay on top of this very normal task? And I realized that our home organization was just setting my stress level at this, it was just consistently high and it was making it very hard to deal with anything else. And so finally one weekend, you know, my husband and I sat down and I'm like, we have to deal with this closet and this laundry room this weekend. (laughs) And so we did, we spent a Saturday putting up shelves, getting the shelves we needed, you know, investing the money we needed to just solve those logistical problems. And I can't overstate how much of a change it made. The next week, our laundry was getting done without me even having to think about it. And that's such a great example of how I had spent an entire month feeling guilty about my stress levels, feeling guilty that I wasn't as patient as I wanted to be, feeling guilty that I couldn't stay on top of the most simple home task, which is laundry. And finally, I solved these two logistical problems, and it was like a breath of fresh air. And so this is why we are so passionate about this idea of context that if you try to live just in your head and think about these lofty goals that you have for yourself and you don't actually take time to look around and say, what is my current context and what are the pain points that I have to solve? Because that the laundry room issue and the organization of our home in general was siphoning all of my energy. And so when it came to doing business tasks, I had no energy to knock them out. When it came to creatively engaging in play with my children, I had no energy for it because our home was at such a level of chaos. And as soon as we solved that problem, (laughs) all of that energy opened up and I started making massive progress on so many other areas of our home, with my children, in our business, um, just by solving seemingly really small issues. And they seem small, but I mean, they were very relevant to very basic things that you were responsible to get done on a daily basis. And I think we all have things like that, that we are just putting up with and we really don't have to. You were just saying that how much bandwidth opened up for you when you just put up shelves. I mean, would you have ever imagined you would have more emotional energy to sit down with your toddler and play with him? just because you put up shelves. Like those two things don't make sense unless you're actually looking at your context exactly, and you're actually dealing with your realities. Then you begin to make these parallels between, okay, this is a very practical thing. Put up shelves in my laundry room and actually look at how it's connected to her core calling, which is what we talked about in our last episode, putting up those shelves. So this is really helpful and grounding to just remind you that when we talk about having rooted goals, we're not necessarily talking about something that would just be super impressive and be something to write home about or put on social media and be obvious to everyone else about why that was such an important goal for you to accomplish. Book deals and all those things, they're really exciting, but sometimes the next right step to being able to show up as the mom or the leader or the business owner or the church member that you need to is by taking care of one specific, small, practical detail that you truly need to show up for and completely deal with so that you can have more emotional and mental bandwidth for those bigger things. 
Absolutely. And so we want to encourage you and just give you permission to deal with the practical things, the things that help you live sustainably, because they really do um, open up the bandwidth for other, perhaps more interesting or compelling things. And we spent a lot of time in this episode talking about the, you know, really little things rather than those high lofty goals. But the truth is, is it's the little things that trip us up the most. And in coaching, Shelby has found this to be true across the board, that people need permission to spend time dealing with the super practical, essential things. It's a little countercultural, but if your whole life is spent tending to the daily things well, that is a life well lived, despite how well it's going to look in an autobiography or on social media or any of that. One of my favorite quotes um, relevant to this is from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. And often in this season with little children, you know, I I replace street sweeper with home sweeper. (laughs) You know, on the outside, it can feel even less meaningful. At least if you're sweeping streets, other people notice, you know, when you're sweeping your own home, it's truly just for the people in your home. But the way that he frames it here of just tending to those little things and tending to them well is the foundation of a meaningful life. It goes back to those concentric circles of influence that we talked about at the beginning. The truth is that not everyone is called to a radical life, that most people in most places for most of time have lived very simply. I think that you had a really good point about social media. When we were talking the other day, you were saying that social media basically gives us two options for a a life well lived. And I just thought that you explained that really well. Yeah, basically, I feel like whenever I'm on social media, um, maybe more particularly with women, it's that either women have this like mind-blowing, creative, meaningful side hustle, or their home looks like it came out of a magazine. And those are basically your two options. You know, and it's really tempting to look at women and say, she's doing it all. But whenever I have that impulse, I always think, okay, who's in her corner supporting her? Because that's how we accomplish anything, right? Is by having people who are supporting us. And then also by doing so many of the things we're talking about in this whole series of slowly dealing with the things we need to deal with, of doing the work to find our core calling, of being solid in what we're saying yes to and what we're saying no to. Because the truth is, none of us are actually doing it all. And the women we see most often that we're tempted to say that of It actually feels that way because they have such absolute clarity on what they are doing that they're doing it very well. And that is actually something that we can aspire to. I love how you asked the question, who does she have in her corner? And I think this ties in really well with our concentric circles as well. So many accomplishments are built on a foundation of strong relationships and When you look at your concentric circles, the center and core relationship is your relationship with God. If you have the Lord leading the work that you are doing, there is going to be fruit there. And if you're married, if you have children, if your family is on board and they're engaged in what you're doing, they're excited and supportive of what you're doing, then there's going to be fruit from the work that you're doing. It's not going to constantly feel like this tug of war of priorities. And just moving out through the concentric circles, 
you build influence from the inside out. Those strong relationships are going to manifest in you being able to do the things that you're called to do well. And also, if you know that you're called to do additional specific things that go beyond tending to your daily life, like Clary was talking about, if you're called to do these additional things that do take a little bit more strategy, that take creating space for them, Well, unless you're taking care of those daily things well and really tending to your current responsibilities and figuring out a way to make them more efficient and making that space just because you've been more effective with your time, then you won't be able to expand your reach in a healthy way. Too many of us get really excited by some goal that we have, and then we jump headlong into making that goal happen. And we look up a few days later, and the people in our lives are wondering where we went and why we are suddenly so distracted and so unavailable. And sometimes there are very specific goals where you can't be as available while you tend to that goal. And then you know you ebb and flow from season to season and as far as your availability to others goes. And that's that's just part of life. But if we are not strategic and thoughtful and we just let the next fancy take us off and we begin to neglect our daily responsibilities because we're just super hyper-focused on this new thing that we're wanting to pursue, we have weakened other core aspects of our lives. And we don't want to do that. It would be so much better if we could make sure that our next right step goal is organically growing out of our context, our real life context of now, and that we have seen how it will interact with and complement the other core aspects of our lives. So with every episode in this season, Shelby and I have been talking about our three goals for this quarter and how it relates to each step of the Rooted Goals process. And my three goals, just to review them real quick, are to work on the rhythms and specifically our learning time rhythm at home, making progress on home organization and some home projects, and then the evergreen works that I have around holiday prep and fall product launches. And as I was just listening to Shelby talk, in this season, so many of my goals, I mean, two of my goals out of three are really home focused. (laughs) They are on, you know, not my most core circle of my relationship with the Lord because I have those other, those aren't the rhythms that broke in our move, thankfully. (laughs) But a lot of the rhythms with our home and with my immediate family are the ones that I had to do a lot of revamping on, and that's what I'm working on. And it was really interesting because just last week I heard about this amazing organization in our community. You know, my first thought was like, man, in another season, I would just love to give so much time to that organization. But I so intuitively knew, even though it's a wonderful organization, would totally be worth my time, that in this season, the place that the Lord needs me to tend to the most is my home. And that if I just stopped working on home projects— stopped tending to my family rhythms, and suddenly reoriented my life so that I could give a lot of time to this wonderful community organization, it would wreak havoc on my relationships with those core members of my family, my husband and my three boys. And so that's just an example of how when you let things organically grow out of your context, I was able to so easily, without guilt, say, that's a wonderful organization. I really hope one day I can give a lot of time to it and not feel guilty that I don't have the time to give to it now because I know 
that the context I'm in now, that the Lord has ordained that. He knew we were moving. Moving takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of physical work. And then the months afterward, it's a lot of mental work of revamping, you know, all the all the life-giving rhythms. And so especially for those first two goals, they were completely built out of my context and specifically out of the pain points that I was experiencing, you know, that um, kind of like I already shared with the laundry room example, it really became so apparent that until we got certain aspects of our home organized, that it was going to make a lot of or it was making a lot of other things very difficult and in some areas nearly impossible to move forward on. And so, you know, as soon as we kind of knocked some of those out, we suddenly like wanted to invite people over, which is something we really care about, you know, and and we still have, you know, quite a few things on our home organization and project list, but it's also become increasingly easy to prioritize, okay, what has to happen right now? What's the biggest pain point right now? What is the thing that if we get it done is going to breathe life into our family. And similar with the rhythms, you know, of realizing, okay, if I can really get this learning time rhythm established so that I'm having that one-on-one time with my boys, or I should say two-on-one time with my boys frequently, that they're going to feel poured into. And that will open up other parts of my day to tackle some of these home organization projects. And if I can, you know, get other parts of our rhythm flowing, then it doesn't, um, you know, take as much energy from my husband and I to just tend to our daily responsibilities because they become increasingly built into our rhythms. And so both of these, like I said, are just, they're so focused on that core of those concentric circles and seeing the way that taking this season to focus on the core is breathing life into those other circles of influence. is just such a great reminder to me of why it really is so true that we have to build influence from the, you know, from the center out. And then with my evergreen work, that is sort of the next level of circle. It's more of my community impact. And to be fair, there was a large part of this summer that the evergreen had to really take a back burner while I got our home things figured out. And that's the beauty of the relationship that I have with Shelby and Macaulay of that we always know those seasons when, you know, we're not going to sacrifice our family for this business. And so a lot of my evergreen work in June and July was just the bare bones of what I needed to do to tend to my responsibilities while putting almost all my energy in to getting some of these home and rhythmic things established. And then as soon as I got some of them established in August, I was able to make so much progress on evergreen tasks and really catch up on any work I was behind on because I had tended to the core first. I love that so much. And I I just think that all of those examples, Clary, are just so important for us as modern women. There's just so much there uh, to being a modern woman with all of our different relationships and roles and responsibilities and opportunities. And I just really love that focus on growing your life from the inside out. I think that's life-giving for anybody in any season and context that they're in. So my three goals for this past quarter were to finish my final freelancing project, reboot my early morning rhythms, and to finish revamping and copy editing the Evergreen Planner website, as well as create niche landing pages for the website. So let's start with the first one. I've had this freelancing project on my plate for a little while, and I've made great progress on it over the past several months. But we've had a few things that have come up this for us this year that have honestly just displaced the time that I would typically work on that project. And so I actually have to have my husband usually 
uh, take the kids for half a day in order to really sink into that project and make a ton of progress on it. And his priorities shifted and changed over the course of the last few months. But I came to this quarter, I still had that project, you know, on my running task list. And I said, okay, figuring out how to have the time to finish this and get this off of my mental plate is the next right step goal for me. This is a pain point, this project that it's not finished yet. It is always in the background of my mind. Every time we come to another weekend, which usually I work on this on Saturdays for half a day while my husband takes the kids. Um, every Saturday that's coming up, I'm thinking about this project and it's really close to the end. You know, I've got like 10% left work. Well, now I'm, I'm seriously, truly almost done with it. And, and I was supposed to get done with it a few weeks ago, but then just, I could not get it over the finish line. So I've still got a teeny little bit to go, but I've got two weeks left in this quarter and I'm, I'm hoping I can just get it sent. But I'm glad, though, that is an example, too, though, of consistently working on that goal, even though things keep coming up and displacing the time that I'm supposed to work on it, continuing to say, okay, but I've got 15 minutes, so I should chip away. I am still dealing with that big pain point. I am still tackling that next right step goal that I had that would open up my mental bandwidth. I was trying to finish that freelancing project before I started on my other work project, which was the Evergreen Planner website. By having it staggered that way where I was going to finish my freelancing project to kind of open up my mental plate, and then I was going to dive in on the website. Having that plan really helped me to get emotionally connected again with my freelancing project to get through with it. But then also providentially, our team started having meetings again now that Macaulay is coming to the end of her maternity leave and Clary has gotten settled in at home. And so we started having these meetings again where we were talking, I was asked for website updates. And so that began to motivate me. Okay, you know, let me just find out what are a few key things. What's the 20% I can do on the website so I can start making progress on that as I continue to wrap up this freelancing project. But having that clarity that I really can, even though this is a freelancing project, this doesn't have to do with Evergreen Planner, which is the lion's share of my career right now is focused on the Evergreen Planner. But giving myself that emotional permission of, yeah, I'm having to spend work time wrapping up this prior commitment that I have, also knowing it's my last one. I can do it well. I can get it sent off. And I will be able to continue to make progress on my Evergreen Planner goals That's just really helpful to give myself that permission and to have that zoomed out view to see how all of these things can interact with each other and not feel bad that they're all competing with each other. It just takes a little bit of brainstorming work to help yourself not feel like your goals are are all in competition, but that instead they are interlocking and that they can work together to help you complete all of the things that you're called to do. So on that note, you know, Another one of my goals was to revamp the Evergreen Planner website. And like I said, the team meetings have driven forward a lot of progress on that. And we've been making progress. It's been good. But we knew that that was a big pain point in our business was that our website was working really well for a while, but then we made a few changes and we needed those changes to be reflected in the copy of our website. And so that our customers just had a lot of clarity about um, everything that we were doing 
doing. And there was actually a lot of things about our website that were not communicating to the degree that we needed them to. And I wanted to ramp up marketing. I wanted to say, let's start driving ads to our website and things like that. But as we were talking about as a team, we recognized that those ads would drive people to something that didn't make as much sense as it possibly could. And so we were saying, okay, our biggest pain point that's stopping us from ramping up our marketing efforts is the fact that our a few things on our website need to be clarified and reorganized and more accessible. And so that falls into my category of work. And so that was my next right step goal for the Evergreen Planner business. And then once I finish some of that, then I can start creating those niche landing pages and ramp up those marketing efforts that I also have outlined in that goal. And then the third next right step goal that I had for this past quarter was to reboot my early morning rhythms. Now for me, that felt like my biggest pain point. In spring of this year, our family began to deal with a lot of random health issues. My entire family ended up getting mono. And then after that, our immune systems were compromised. So we were catching one to two colds a month and we were just catching colds every other week. And so I was getting super behind on a lot of the things that I needed to do. And also, um, as Macaulay was ramping up to have her baby and, and Clary was ramping up to move, and then they both had those transitions, our team dynamic was just different. And so it just felt like there was a lot of transition happening. And so when you're in transition, it's hard to be motivated to just crush all your tasks and get everything done. And I started to notice that my own rhythms, just with the sickness and with two-thirds of our team being in such major transitions, that my business and home rhythms were starting to get kind of wonky. And things weren't getting done as consistently as I wanted them to. And so I sat down and I said, okay, what's my biggest pain point? My biggest pain point is that I'm not getting up early in the morning and having those two hours of deep work before my kids wake up. I've built so many of my rhythms around being able to get that deep work done before breakfast. And when that's not happening, I have to figure out when to get deep work done at other times. And so it cuts into our evening and then I start staying up late. And then we have no family Saturdays because I'm having to just catch up on work and Kyle watched the kids for the whole day. And so then we can't go to the park together. And and I just started to notice that my life just started feeling like it was just spilling over the edges in so many ways. And I said, okay. I need to reboot my early morning rhythms. I love getting up early and getting a cup of coffee and just diving into work and then having my quiet time using my planner and rolling into breakfast knowing that I've already gotten really key things done that day before we even start breakfast. It's just so life-giving to me. And so I was so excited to, to dive into this goal, but sickness continued for our family. We ended up having COVID after that. And again, the colds just every other week. So this past quarter has still been filled with so much sickness. And we're going to talk more in later episodes on how I navigated that particular problem and the posture that I had to adopt concerning that goal so that I was not demoralized by our sickness continuing and me still not being able to get those deep work hours in, but I had to pivot. And we'll talk more about that in future episodes. So hopefully everything that we've talked about and the really practical examples that we've 
that we have given from our own lives gives you a really good idea of what we mean when we say organically growing out of your context and what this second step of the Rooted Gold process entails. So now it is time for you to do some work. If you remember from our last episode, we gave you a free download that had the Venn diagram, but then also helped you distill to your number one pain point. If you missed that, you can find the link in these show notes um, so that you can make sure to snag it. But if you finish that worksheet, now is the time to go back to look at that number one pain point that you discovered that you highlighted and to grab your planner or a journal and assess what you wrote down as your biggest pain point um, in light of your context. And so ask these two questions. First, if you really embrace your context, the nitty gritty realities of the season you're living in right now, does that change what you chose as your biggest pain point? And then does it change your perspective on what things you need to prioritize? Like we talked about at the start of this episode, sometimes when we're fighting our context, it's really easy to want to grab for the more flashy, the more maybe immediately compelling goals that seem to have a broader influence or impact. But when we embrace our context, sometimes it takes our vision a little closer to home and we have to reevaluate are we actually evaluating our pain points correctly? You know, are the things that we feel like we need to solve right now to help our lives right now accurate? And so that's the point of this journaling exercise. Asking these questions about your biggest pain point, especially since our biggest pain point is often what turns into our next right step goal, is vital work for crafting a goal that's gonna make sense in your real life. It also helps unblock your pursuit of other more deeply meaningful things, and that is going to help you move forward on the things that matter most to you. You can find the Rooted Goals workbook in our shop at evergreenplanner.com. It's a 40-page workbook that will take you all the way from gaining key insights into your core calling, identifying your next right step goal, creating a strong game plan, and adopting a healthy mindset for following all the way through on that goal, even as the seasons of your life shift and change. You can use the Rooted Goals workbook over and over again as you continue to develop and accomplish life-giving goals around the things that matter most to you. We love using the Rooted Goals workbook during goal-setting season in January and often revisit it throughout the year as we set our quarterly goals. And you can use the Rooted Goals workbook anytime that you need to get oriented around what truly matters or troubleshoot conflicting priorities and find peace as you set and execute your next right step goal.